Amen. Please turn with me to uh, James, the first chapter. We're continuing <clears throat> to talk about uh, the trials that we face. Another trial. Another day. <laughs> Another trial. How many of you already had enough trials? That's how we feel. Apparently not. We're still here. We're still facing them. And we know there's many more to come. But how many of you know also that God is with you in the trial in a very special way? Something happens as you face a trial and turn to God. Something very special in our relationship with God. We get to know Him better. We grow in our faith. We become stronger in character. We mature. We're able to help others that are in trial and trouble. And God really imparts his nature to us in such a way that we can really become an encouragement and an example and a teacher and a helper to others that are going through trials. So I want to learn all the lessons I can about facing trials. How about you? And there's lots of them in the book of James. And here we are in the first chapter, and we're continuing here with the 13th verse. And so please uh, follow along with me as we read. We're getting to some very practical issues regarding how to face trials. And uh, I think that all of us as Christians need to know what God thinks about the things that we face and what God wants us to do in response to these challenges. So, verse 13, when tempted, anyone here ever been tempted? No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one, when tempted, it's by his own evil desire, is dragged away and enticed, and then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. Verse 19, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is like the man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law 
that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26, if anyone considers himself righteous and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless and is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And how many of you know there is a whole lot of instruction there for us as Christians? And we certainly can't cover all of it today. And I would encourage you to go personally further and deeper into these verses. Ask God to, to, to open your heart and plant his word in your heart and teach you and show you how to live. What does it say? That we must not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. And we've got to be careful not to not be like the person who looks in the mirror, hear this, and does nothing about it. In the morning when you get up and you look into the mirror, you say, I have to do something about this. And you take some time to make some corrections, some adjustments. So it is with the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, look into the Word of God, God reveals what needs to change what we need to do. And it's only the person who follows through and is obedient that is blessed. How many of you know that it's more important to obey one verse of the Bible than to memorize all of the Bible just for knowledge? Did you hear what I said? We take pride in how much Bible we know. God is concerned more about how much Bible we live. It's better to, to obey one verse than to know all that God has to say. And so, through all of these principles, it's about hearing from God and being obedient. The first subject taken up here is a subject of temptation. How many of you know there's a lot of confusion over this? And uh, it's, fairly, it's fairly common for someone to come to me and say, oh, I'm going through all this, and they describe the trouble, and they say, Pastor, please tell me, is God testing me, or is Satan tempting me? And I say, yes. It's not God or the devil. You're involved in a spiritual warfare that involves God and the devil. And as surely as Satan is tempting you to try to destroy you, God is allowing that to test you and to help you to grow and to realize your need and turn to him so that he can impart his power to you because he wants you to become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so every time we face a trial, no, as God is using this trial to test us, Satan is going to be there to tempt us and try to get us to go the wrong way. And so here's the warning about temptation. We need to be very careful about blaming God for the temptation. God loves us. 
He doesn't want to tempt us. He doesn't want us to fail. Temptation comes from Satan, who is trying to destroy us. It's his plan to ruin our lives. To, if he could, he would, he would ruin our salvation. But as we turn to God, God helps us to see what he is doing. He reveals the works of darkness so we know how Satan is working to tempt us and destroy us. And we're able to make choices to honor God in such a way that we really move forward in this wonderful life of faith. And so the warning here is, don't blame God when you're tempted. If you blame God for the temptation when you sin, you're going to blame him for the sin too. Know this, God is making provision. He wants us to realize that with every temptation, he provides a way of escape. What does 1 Corinthians 10, 13 say? Is that, that there is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. And with the temptation, God will give you a way of escape. I uh, had a lesson in this when I was a boy, probably about 12 years old. And I was determined to get my mother to let me bring a chipmunk home from the neighbor down the street that wanted to give it away. Now, chipmunks are wild animals. You know that? They're not intended to be, intended to be pets. And uh, they were trying to get rid of it. And I thought they were doing me a, a great favor. And so my mother said, finally, she gave in. And she said, okay, if you'll take that old birdcage in the shed and uh, you'll clean it all out and uh, put, the, put, put the chipmunk in there, we'll give it a try. Well, I was so happy and so excited, and so uh, I uh, brought the, the, uh, uh, ch the chipmunk home in the crate and took it into the screened-in porch, and then I got the birdcage and I cleaned it all out, and so I was going to do this operation of somehow get the chipmunk into the birdcage. Well, I, uh, I opened the door of the crate, moved it up to the door of the birdcage, and the Chipmunk ran into the birdcage, but then all of a sudden, this flurry, and then out the corner of the birdcage, into the screened-in porch. There was a tiny little hole in the, in the bottom of that birdcage that I didn't even see. Then he ran all around the screened-in porch, found a little hole in the screen, and got out, and was gone, and was gone. I never saw him again, <laughs> and uh, I've just always wondered about that chipmunk, if he ever made it back to the mountains. <laughs> Probably not, but I've thought about that from time to time. What a wonderful lesson about how important it is for us when we're under temptation to find a way of escape. Instead of seeing how close we can get to sin without committing it. And that's our fleshly nature, isn't it? We want to toy with it. We want to walk as close as we can to the Lord. We want to, we want to, we want to see how close we can. No, we need to quickly find our way of escape, and God will help us to do just that. You know, it's our, our nature, our nature to, 
to, to cross over and yield to temptation. I know uh, James Dobson talked about uh, his daughter and how he, was, he learned a lesson from her about our nature. As he took her, he, he took her to a, her brother's basketball game and he told her that it was okay for her to go down, down by the bottom of the bleachers and get closer to her brother. But he said, whatever you do, don't go over that line on the side of the basketball court. Well, he said he watched her make her way down the bleachers, up to the line, look up at her dad, and then take her toe and put it right over the line. And he said, you know what? I had to laugh because that's our human nature. To go up to the edge and to see how close we can get to sin without being harmed. Now, there's a lot of excuses that we have when we do sin. Uh, listen to some of these. Have you, used, have you used any of these excuses? It's the other person's fault. I couldn't help it. Everybody's doing it. It was just a mistake. Nobody's perfect. The devil made me do it. I was pressured into it. I didn't know it was wrong. And this is the worst one we can use. God is tempting me. God loves us. He wants to keep us from sin. He always provides a way of escape. It's uh, 1 John, the second chapter, the 16th verse, talks about all of temptation is about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of of life. You know, uh, the Gospels reveal how Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and faced all of those temptations and overcame them with the Word of God to show us that He was tempted in every way that we are tempted, yet did not yield. And so, before we look at the person who has yielded to temptation and failed, and we give excuse to ourselves, we justify our own failure, we need to look at Christ and know that in His sufficiency, He can keep us from sin. He can keep us from evil. He can help us through that time of temptation to come through come through tested and strong. And thank God that when we do fail, we agree with God, we confess our sins, knowing that He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we get up and we go forward in faith. That's why I love communion, you know, every time we take it. Because, uh, you know, every time we take it, and I, I seek the Lord and say, Lord, Examine my heart. He, he reveals stuff that I need to deal with. How about you? He shows me where I sinned, where I failed. Thank God for the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and convinces us of righteousness. And that's how we continue to grow and to grow as God enables us to. Well, let's walk through the rest of this chapter, pull out some important principles, and realize God is equipping us with everything we need to come through the trial triumphantly 
and receive his blessing. Notice this next section about the good which comes from God. And we know the evil that's in this world. Can I just make it as simple as possible? God is a good God. And the devil is a bad devil. And we need to know the difference between what God is doing and what the devil is doing. That's called spiritual discernment. And know that everything good comes from God, so we trust Him. Everything He gives, we trust Him. Just as we would trust loving parents, even more so, we trust a loving God who's only going to do what's good for us. And then in this next section, verse 19, he addresses the issue of anger. Any of you had that issue before? Any of you lost your temper and then picked it up again after you lost it? If you lose it, just let it go. Because the wrath of man never works the righteousness of God. And you say, well, my anger is different in this case. My anger is righteous indignation. Well, good luck with that one. When you let God examine your heart, because... There is no anger without pride. And there is no deliverance from anger without humbling ourselves before God. And so, we need to be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. For anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. Next subject is obedience the importance of obedience when we hear from God God gives us a choice and we choose to obey how many of you know that obedience is so important in our relationship with God obedience what is this what what did David teach us that obedience is more important than sacrifice I can give all that I have to the poor but if I am not in, a, in a humbling myself in the spirit of obedience to God, I've fallen short of what God wants. And so, he says, as we look into God's perfect law and we discover what it is in our lives that needs to change, we need to be willing and ready to obey. Now, all of the parents here know how important obedience is in raising children, right? And how often do we get 100% obedience? Never. <laughs> but it's the process, isn't it? And so it is with, with God. And so what do we do? We say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to obey. Help me to fully obey. And certainly that process leads to a closer relationship with God. And then in verse 26, we see the subject of <clears throat> the importance of the tongue in all of this. The person who says that they are a good Christian, walking close to God, will let that be tested. And he says there's a couple of things here. First, by their ability to control their tongue. 
How many of you know that this is the hardest of the hardest things? That our tongue would be, would be submitted to God and that God would have truly control over our speech because we say things that we cannot take back. We say things that can be hurtful and harmful and deceptive and destructive and so it goes. And so if you say that you are a true believer and you are practicing true religion, check these things. Number one, check your tongue. And number two, what does he say? True religion is about what? About taking care of the needy, orphans, and widows. And then the third thing, true, keep from being polluted by this world. Isn't that a practical faith? Be careful about what you say. Take care of, be generous, help those that are in need and keep yourself from being polluted by the world. How many of you know that's a, that's a good perspective and it's a good plan for, it's a good set of priorities? Absolutely. So, to review all this, we all face trials and temptations. We all have to make choices as God by His grace enables us to realize there's a potential here to obey Him and grow And there's a potential to fall and to fail and to miss out on God's blessing. God's saying, I'm with you. I'm empowering you to do the right thing. Now obey. It's an amazing thing how faith works. You know, we start to think, I just can't believe. I just can't. And then as we turn to God, God begins to cause the gift of faith to grow in our hearts. And the little bit that we do obey leads to greater obedience. So don't wait for God to do it all and make you happy, but realize He wants to walk with us in partnership of obedience. Yes, Lord, I will obey. And guess what? He has an incredible purpose in this to make us more and more like his son to transform us and that's what we're all looking forward to lord help us this morning to recognize every trial every challenge every test ultimately is about obedience to you and lord you are using all of these circumstances to help us to be more and more like your son lord help us as we face temptation help us O god To know that you are not tempting us, but it's your enemy. And that you have given us grace. You've given us a way of escape. And you want to help us, Lord, to get through the temptation, tested and stronger and able to help others. Lord, help us with our anger. Help us with our pride. Help us, oh God, with with making sure that our language, how we speak, glorifies you. And lifts up others. And Lord help us to know what true religion is about. In terms of how we care for the needy. And how we keep from being polluted by this world. Thank you Lord for your goodness. In Jesus name. Amen.